Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Luke's Massive Storytelling Podcast Thing 2021. Baby, oh yeah. Welcome to Luke's Massive Storytelling Podcast Thing. My name is Luke and this is my thing. Um, So this is the Desmond episode, episode two of season two, the Desmond Tutu. I'll start off the episode with a quick thought. Maybe I'll do this every week. I don't often have thoughts though, so it might be quite difficult. Uh, So every day to improve my mental health, I've been noting down something to be grateful for. And I look around the room for a minute or two, searching for something to write down. And I nearly always land on my dog's face and just write that down. And it's completely fine. On the first episode of this season, uh, I think I came across as a bit of a grumpy old git. And that's not because, that's mostly because I am a bit of a grumpy old git. Um, But I did uh, a few of the first sessions of my new exercise routine. And I'll be honest, it's put me in maybe the best mood I've been in in a long time. Uh, I think it was maybe a few months. It was maybe around about a few months ago. (laughs) Don't want to be too specific there. It was a little while ago that I injured my back. I mentioned in the last episode, I injured my back. um, And I'd been resting and not doing any exercise of any kind for for a while. Um, And I think that that was actually getting to me a lot more than I thought because... Um, now that I've done a few bits of running, I've done some squats and some burpees, um, I've got a whiff of the endorphins. I can feel them fizzing through my brain and my fingertips. Do endorphins go to the fingertips? I don't know, but I've got them in my fingertips and they're fantastic. Um, so I think maybe maybe that was having a much uh, larger impact on my mental health than I, than I realised. So yeah, maybe if you're feeling a similar a similar way uh, and you've not been able to get out for a run or, or a long walk or whatever you do for, for your exercise, maybe it's time to do that, get outside, feel a little bit better about yourself. After the return episode last week, a few people reached out to me. Zach Dozier, he said, awesome. Thanks, Zach. Mikey Rothenberg said, there's good news and there's great news. <clears throat> my voice went, there's good news and there's great news and then there's this post. Uh, thanks, Mikey. It's great to hear from you, Mikey. You used to listen to the show many, many years ago. Um, and it's great to know that he's still around, still making music. Uh, and yeah, great to hear from you. Corey from at Corey Pod Talks on Twitter got in touch to say, well, to ask about the fact that I spiked my pants, which is something I mentioned on the last episode. 
Um, yeah, that's just still still a story for another time. Um, I didn't. Okay, speaking of interviews, um, it turns out I didn't mess up as much as I thought I had in the spiking the pants interview because I've got a second interview. So let's see how that goes. <laughs> Maybe once the dust is settled a little bit more and let you know what was involved in said pants spiking incident. I'd love to know more about who you guys are listening. Um, I think what I'm going to... Re- everyone says you need, to, you need to refer to your listeners or, or your fan base, not this is a fan base, uh, as a name. You need to give them a name, like the sl- Slipknot have maggots. Lady Gaga has monsters. I think I'm just going to stick to this. Uh, stick to calling you guys as, as the massive. As in Luke's massive. Because there's not many of you. So yeah, if you're a part of the massive... Get in touch. I'd love to hear more about you, what your writing goals are, what your favourite flavour of crisps are. Um, yeah. yeah. Get in touch. Uh, I'd say go over to instagram.com forward slash Luke of Condor. And that's Condor with a K. Uh, and get in touch that way. I always have to say with a K because the amount of times I tell people my name is Luke Condor. Uh, they'll write down C-O-N-D-O-R obviously because that's how the bird is spelled and then even when I say it's Luke Condor with a K that's, that's spelled with a K they will still they'll say okay cool and they'll still write C-O-N-D-O-R so I have to keep saying it over and over again because it doesn't stick in people's minds um, yeah so get in touch instagram.com forward slash Luke of Condor there's also Twitter Luke of Condor I'm all over the place so let's talk about writing challenges. This week is a bit of a, a buffet challenge of a week. Uh, I've got to write and polish a short story for an anthology, which I've been promising to do for a little while. I'm a little bit behind, so I have to write. I don't even know what I'm going to write a story about yet. I'm going to come up with the idea of write and polish a short story for, for an anthology call. I also have to record narration for a short story for another podcast and I have to do some final prep for a new book we're bringing out uh, next week probably out yeah next week uh, so I need to do some proof edits for that so write a short story record a short story and copy edit a book of short stories that's my challenge for this week uh, feel free to take part on this episode, we're having a bit of a chit-chat with a good friend of mine, business partner, writing partner, podcast partner, and howdy partner, Daniel Wilcox. Daniel Wilcox is an international best-selling author and award-nominated podcaster of dark fiction. He's an author coach, one-fifth of the Digital Story Studio, Hawk and Cleaver, co-founder of iTunes-busting fiction podcast, The Other Stories, CEO of Horror Imprint, Devil's Rock Publishing and the co-host of the Next Level Authors Podcast. Dan is furiously passionate about all things story. He has written 40 plus books. Hang on. I thought I was either going to sneeze or... No. No. No, it turns out I'm not going to sneeze. <laughs> He has written 40 plus books in five years for himself 
and on behalf of ghostwriting clients, Dan now also provides book coaching services and designed oh, book coaching services designed to help authors take the stories that they are dying to tell and getting them out onto the page. He also fails to mention this in his biography, so I will add it here. He is one fantastic chap. So, let's dial him up and get on with the interview. I'm getting the heartbeats. Are you really? Yeah. I mean, so I've hit the start recording button. It was either that or it was the ejector seat button. So you're either about to be interviewed or you're about to fly out of your seat. Oh, thank God, because I've just installed stalactites into my ceiling. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> Is it Who did those for you? Stalagmites. Tights. Nobody knows. That's the thing. People well, pretend it, to know, but they don't. Isn't the thing like one of them, like stalactites, it's like you pull up so they come up from the ground, but then couldn't it be you pull down? So it's not really a useful way to know what we trace stalactites or. I think, you know, if you see one hanging down from the ceiling, uh-huh. if you go the floor above, do you see like the indent in the floor where someone's pushed it in? Yes. Like a little finger, like. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? You're right. I am doing well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, all good. I mean, I've. Just so people know, I mean, I'm going to do like an introduction anyway before we cut into this. I'll do like a little uh, thingy. To, I'll talk about you. But just so people have a better sense of it, uh, I've put here Dan's Rise to Power. So, Cinderswim. It was a while ago. I think it was about five years ago. You did your short story, Sins of Smoke, and it became yes. like the top. A horror book on the Amazon charts for Halloween. Yes. Um, then we co-wrote a bunch of stuff together, uh, a bunch of post-apocalyptic books mm-hmm. and the like. And we did 50 episodes of a podcast called The Story Studio. Uh, so people can check that out if they want to. Uh, and then around then you started your ghost writing adventure. How many books have you written since then? So I've written 47 books now with 26 of those being written in 2020. Hang on. <laughs> 47 books? Yes. I don't... But how, I mean, what are these, like, 10-word books, right? These are tweet books. No, sadly not. Like, um, <laughs> most of them are averaging between 60 and 80K. There are a few in there that are that are shorter. Like, one of them is a cocktail book, <laughs> which I never saw myself doing. Um, but it was, like, an accompaniment, just in a bit of fun, to a series uh and yeah i ended up in the number one on the cocktail charts on amazon which was it's a very niche category um but no a few a bunch of those last year i did do my when winter comes serial so that was six books two of those books were thirty thousand words and four of those were twenty thousand words so it's it's a bit of a mix but yeah it was it was 26 books last year do you like writing do you like writing incredibly fast no <laughs> i've come to discover <laughs> like i enjoy I enjoy telling stories and I enjoy putting out work. Um, but that kind of speed comes with a price because, you know, I've got aches and stuff in my fingers now that I'm being very, very atten- attentive to and trying to slow down the pace a little bit. It was just, it was just one of those years where I think because of the, the pandemic um, mm-hmm. and everything else, it was like, it was a good excuse just to produce because you know there wasn't really a whole lot of other stuff going on so what what else should i do with my time other than create yeah i mean 
I mean, so you're a full time author now. Yes. It's been really cool seeing from the sidelines and occasionally jumping in um, <laughs> to the middle lines, wherever that is. Um, <laughs> the halfway line. The halfway line. <laughs> it's been cool seeing you go from um, tentatively trying out publishing and then <laughs> kind of, it felt, it felt like seeing a train um, finding the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like finding a train, uh, it like found its tracks and it clicked into place. And then when, when that happened, when you started ghostwriting, it was like a full speed ahead, full steam ahead? Yeah. Is it full steam ahead or full speed ahead? I think both. I think it's interchangeable. Depends if you're you know using a steam engine or a... Speed engine. Electric. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need trains. <laughs> yeah, it's um, been... Um, yeah. It, it's been a bit really wild journey, especially um, like recently, very recently, yesterday, I went back and was listening to some of the early episodes of the Story Studio that we we um, podcasted together. Yeah. Just because like, occasionally it's nice to go back and remind yourself of the journey and the things that mattered to you then and where you're at now. And I know that on I was listening to um, our goals for 2017 mm-hmm. episode and one of those, one of my goals was within a five-year period to become a full-time writer. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to do that in 2019, April 2019. I, you know, got, well, I had my books anyway, and then I got this sort of ghostwriting contract and took off from there. But, yeah, it's 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 been a journey. And, you know, as I found those tracks, I found my vivre, as as you'll want to <laughs> oh, <that laughs> struggle <works>. with. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's been, um, I don't know, like, because... Like you say, I so Sins of Smoke was the first book that I put up on Amazon. Tell mm-hmm. a lie, the first book I put up on Amazon was this tiny little play that I'd, I'd written for a university project. And I just wanted to, you know, see what the process was like to put a book up and get it in my hands. And then um, I was struck by the writing bug by Stephen King, as, you know, probably 90% of the world was, is. And mm-hmm. Sins of Smoke, yeah, I, I published it. It was for me. It was just a story I wanted to tell. I had no clue of marketing what I wanted to do with it I just put it up so I could have my book in my hands and everything's kind of just spun off of that and it's been a journey like like you say we've done some stuff together which you know I I, I had so much fun writing all those books and, and going through that sort of journey of producing stuff because my first four novels were you know done with you first three novels I'd, I'd ever written were in collaboration with you and it's actually only now this year that I'm going to be releasing my first ever solo novel, which wow. I've been crazy. publishing. Yeah, I've been publishing for six years. Like I say, you know, 47 books, and this is going to be my first actual solo novel. So I feel like it's not even. I've not even hit publishing backwards. I've just hit, hit publishing like inverted somehow. Yeah, I mean, so where does that like engine come from? The speed engine, the Daniel Wilcox speed engine, like. Well, not so much the speed engine, sorry. What, I, what I'm trying to say is you kind of found what you were doing and kind of leaned into it and just kind of rode it and you never stopped. Like you never, maybe you feel like you did, but to, from my perspective, it didn't seem like you ever kind of, the way I do, I kind of dabble in other mm. things. You just seem to be really focused in a, in a, in a really concentrated, uh, in a concentrated way. Do you, where does that come from? It is interesting to say that because, I mean, in a sense, I am. In another sense, I'm not because, like, I I have a very um, sort of addictive personality. When I when I really enjoy something, I I dive into it with with both feet. And I think just number one, I would say that 
the birth of my son was a huge part of it. Um, I don't know that I would have actually started doing the writing if it wasn't for him because he was born at the end of 2014 and not so coincidentally, I, I started writing at the beginning of 2015. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I just love the process. So I spent a few years interning in the publications team. I've run my own business doing editing and proofreading stuff, enveloped myself around books and publication and creation. Mm -hmm. Um, not necessarily story in the beginning, because a lot of the work that I did was on like academic journals and magazines for university prospectuses and things, but I've always, uh, there's always been a love of story. And I think it was just a case of it's, it's, it was almost like a positive feedback loop. Like I put Sense of Smoke out, like you say, it went to number one in the horror charts over Halloween, which for any horror author, that is awesome. And, you know, so you get a bit of positive feedback there. You're like, oh, this isn't, you know, something must be right here. And then you jump into the next project. And for us, that was the other stories. And obviously that started just, that was a boulder running downhill straight away. Um, So you get a lot of, positive feedback, positive reward. And, and it just keeps you going. And I guess that I, I've always just been hungry for different. And I ended up working in, you know, the full corporate day job for, I was, a, what was I five years in, in, in that last place. And I was just hyper aware that the stuff that I was doing was for someone else. And so I, I wanted to leave some kind of stamp on the world of, of my own thing, whatever that is. Like it never, it never needed to be sort of like best-selling stuff or lots and lots of books. It was just for me. I just wanted to have a part of me where I was creating and showing to my son that you can put stuff out there. You can make a life that you can be happy with and like everything else just kind of, um, a lot of it was very fortunate. A lot of it, obviously like I'm not going to say that everything was accidental because I definitely made, did my part in reaching out to people to collaborate and try and sort of elevate where I was at. But yeah, it's just it's just a hunger for telling story. Um, I will be completely honest. Uh, one extra factor, and you know, like you're ridiculously honest on this show, which is one thing I've always appreciated. One, um, I said this recently to someone on like I've got like a an author group that they do questions and stuff. Hmm. Um, part of the secret was that I was in a very very unhappy relationship, and writing was kind of the only thing that I had that was mine that I could control. So yeah. you know, when you're spending day in day out very feeling very out of control with most aspects of your life like there's something you grab onto and for me that happened to be writing so i did spend a lot of my mornings dedicated to that and then i attend to the other stuff during the day but yeah it's just i it's it just comes from so the thing that i I say to a lot is i imagine myself on my deathbed quite regularly um (laughs) like in all honesty uh and only recently i've started calling him deathbed dan but if I have, if I'm having a day where I like I feel lazy or I don't feel like I can quite get to it, or I'm just like, oh, what's the point? Like I do just imagine speaking to 55 year old me on my deathbed. Come on, I'm not an optimist. I'm not gonna make 80. Um, <laughs> and then just thinking like, oh, is this is what I'm doing today something that I'm gonna be proud of in you know 30, 40, 50 years time, whatever that is. Yeah. And that really is um, a motivator to just do the thing that you want to do because if you even if you even if you don't, how am I phrasing this? Like you always have the choice to do. And even if you just don't, that's also a choice. If that yeah. makes sense. So everything you're doing is a choice. It's do you want to choose not to do the thing that you want to do? Or do you want to choose to do the thing you want to do, even though it's a little bit harder on that day? Yeah. Um, and among that has just been a lot of studying into 
productivity and mindset and trying to work out the best ways to optimize myself and my schedule to make sure that I'm producing in a way that is healthy. Um, I wouldn't say I'm entirely there yet, but you know, obviously I'm, I'm at a point where I'm able to <laughs> get quite a bit done. Yeah. That imaginary deathbed thing, that's, you've kind of got like a, an imaginary memento mori. Yes. The, the idea of that you too will die. It's weird that you, you bring that up as well. The other day, uh, we were supposed to co- record an episode of Horror Hangout, this horror movie review podcast I did with Ben and uh, Andy now. Um, and I was like out of it and tired because of the day job. And also I've been feeling quite run down anyway, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to start doing this again, this podcast. Um, and afterwards, I couldn't help but think how many more times, like one day I won't be able to speak with with Ben and Andy one day they're going to get ill and die or like I know it's, it's morbid to think about but and then I start and then I start thinking about my dog and think oh in fact I saw a post uh, a vet on Facebook said I was talking about when your animal when you have to put them down at the end of the life of the lives and I was thinking about my dog and I was thinking about my cat who kind of looked a bit funny at me the other day and I started to worry like oh something going on with him is he is he dying <laughs> he's like seven so probably not but it's thinking those thoughts does make you appreciate everything in, in such a sort of delightful way. Like I just spent the next 15 minutes hugging my cat and dog. Mm. I think that's it. Like, you, and you know, there might be people listening to us that do think that's a really morbid way to look at it. And I, I really don't like, like you say, if you can, like life is short, life is fragile and you really shouldn't take anything for granted. So mm. if you can remind yourself in those moments, just how fragile life can be, like you say, you just enjoy being around the things that you have knowing that they're not going to last forever um that's that's such a positive way to go forward because at least then you'll know that in five ten years time you did appreciate the time that you've had with it and that's been like the best experience that it could with the time that you had yeah i think one of my problems my mindset problems as well is that um sometimes my goals become so big that i'm unhappy because I'm nowhere near hitting that goal, if that makes yeah. sense. Like I've created, by setting a goal that high, I've created like a dissonance between my current life and the mm-hmm. one that I really want, even though there's nothing really wrong with my life. And if I really sort of sit down and settle into it and think about the cool stuff I've got and, and the projects I'm working on, I think that might be a better way to to, to not get depressed or, or not worry about things so much and just enjoy the process of it all. Yeah, you definitely need to enjoy that process and just have that passion for the day in day out. Especially if it's if you want this to be sustainable, yeah. like you say. Like I, I, I've go in and out of it sometimes as well. Like I have those moments where, um, even now, there's still a distance between like because I, <laughs> I was talking to someone about this the other day. I being being a full time author is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like there are so many um, positives to have. But my current reality is that, you know, I used to have a day job which with a stable salary. Yeah. And then at the point in which I was able to transfer over into doing this full time, I cut off, you know, a good chunk of money. And so now I've spent the last two years getting by, but still trying to get to the point where I've reached the salary that I was getting before. Yeah. So I'm still having to do all the extra work. There's still like all the hours under the sun to do the different things. Um, and it is very easy, like you say, to get lost in the, oh, why aren't I in X location yet? Yeah. And every time, every time that happens, I'll normally take a day or two. And like I say, yesterday, I, I went back and listened to some of our old episodes or I'll go back and read some of the old stuff that I've written or 
I'll just stop and kind of think of where I was, how unhappy I was at certain points and how, how much better things are now. And most of what keeps you going is remembering to enjoy what you're doing now. And like you say, just being very, very thankful for, for what you do have, because there are so many things you could be unhappy about. And yeah. there are so many people that you can compare yourself to on every level, but only you live your life in the way that you do and have the things that you do. So whether you appreciate those or not is really the difference between a happy or an unhappy life. Yeah. Yeah. It's why you have miserable millionaires. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, especially on social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like seeing people do well, but I have to admit when I see someone's done something amazing, it's part of me inside that's like, oh, you son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a hor horrendous like characteristic to have. But yeah. I think it, I think it's quite common. I think a lot of people do get that. And then when you start to feel like that, you feel bad about your own current situation. Um, and then because you feel bad about it, it makes you feel even worse. So you end up in a kind of <laughs> feedback loop in a sort of negative way. But it's weird because you, it, it's something that's so out of our control. Like yeah. anytime someone does hit some kind of spark of success, whether that's, you know, getting a book picked up by an agent or I had a friend recently that kickstarted like a hundred thousand plus um, like tabletop campaign based off of some of his stories and books. Yeah. And like so much of that is circumstantial. So much of that is opportunistic. Um, like it's something that you can, you can do everything right and you can play the formula and you can put your products positioned wherever it should be. Mm -hmm. But it really is, you know, luck of the draw as to whether or not you, you, you hit it. And like, I totally get it. Like when, when I, um, I, I hit a pretty, pretty big break by collaborating with Michael Andley and like don't get me wrong I've done I've done very very well with um, a series I've written with him but there are other people in, that, in those series that have done significantly better than I have and you can't help but sort of go well you know what's wrong with mine or why not me um, yeah in that situation and yeah I, th I think it is just it is human because it feels like a reflection on on you but it's nine times out of 10, it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's, what's the term? A lot of self help types use it. Um, uh, when you feel, when you've, if you've, you come from a place of abundance is when like, you feel like everything's achievable. Yes. And there's like the opposite of that. I can't Scarcity. Remember. Scarcity. I mean, that's what it is. I think when you see other people succeed, you start to look at your own life and it's through that lens of scarcity. Mm -hmm. and you think i haven't got enough i should have more i should have what they've got but this leads me to uh something i want to read for you um and then what i'm going to call the hard question uh oh let me know if you're okay with me reading this i mean you did post it publicly so um, i, I think, I think I know it is and i'm fine with it yeah okay so on instagram i don't know when you posted this actually but not too long ago you put the writing journey is hard you spend the, also there's a photo of you looking like down <laughs> smashing my face <laughs> in the table <laughs> yeah <laughs> the writing journey is hard we spend a lot of time as authors glorifying the grind and sharing the positives of the author life we love to write we like commissioning book covers we like working at home on a schedule that suits us but it isn't all sunshine and rainbows this week has been tough i am overworked and burned out my sleep has been disturbed by lockdown anxiety i've got deadlines to hit which are going to impact me spending a week off work with my boy over easter I'm struggling to get the motivation to get the words down. So, I mean, I guess first question is, are you feeling better now? Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm I am having a day today where I do just feel generally drained, but yeah. I am um, 
yeah, mentally in a much better space now. Okay, good. Well, I mean, I guess that kind of um, that posts um, it's kind of what we're talking about. There are those moments where you do feel like that. Um, so, I, I guess the hard question then that I really wanted to ask you. So, think you may have already answered this to some degree anyway, but think back to a particularly painful point in your life, the darkest night of your soul, and now say, <laughs> now say you're able to talk to that version of you through the toilet. <laughs> so the past you sits down finally for a breather from their dark uh, period of their life and you're able to offer them some advice through the toilet. And I might, if you, when you answer this, I might put some sound effects on your voice to make it sound like you're talking through a toilet. Okay. Don't flush. <laughs> you're, <laughs> please, not, you're not in the toilet, God. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, There was a phrase that I came across recently that is literally, this too shall pass. Um, Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, and it's literally just any any moment in your life, whether that's happy, whether that's sad, whether that's whatever, like nothing nothing lasts forever. Um, And I I would probably say, because, you know, I can can picture that moment. Like, it was a moment in my life in which I... I don't know how to say it really. Like it, it, it was a dark moment. Um, so I would say like, you, you're never going to be stuck in that moment forever. Things do get better. You also have to take control of making things better and actively be choosing steps to help you in a better place. And sometimes that might mean cutting off something that you've been trying so hard to hold on to. Um, one thing that I came across was true change only ever comes from desperation or inspiration. And in that point I was, I was very, very desperate. It wasn't like an inspired place. Yeah. Um, but I'd say that it passes and I'd say that whatever it is that lights your passion, whatever it is that fuels you, whether that's like Warhammer or crochet or music, or, you know, what, whatever it is, even if it's on in time, in some tiny capacity, like hold on to what is distinctly you in the moments in which things get dark because I think we spend so much time in life listening to, and I really hate using phrases like this, but listening to like what society says and the way that things should be. And what we often forget is that society has changed drastically in the last 50 years. Society has changed drastically in the last 100 years, 400 years. Like we, this isn't the way that humans were, were meant to be. Every, every stereotype, every sort of rule or guideline that people follow for your typical sort of day-to-day life all of that has been just manufactured over the past like 20, 30 years. So whatever it is that you want to do, there is a place for that. And if you need to sit in a darkened room for 20 minutes and play the keyboard, then do that and claim that time that is yours. And then just find the thing that makes you enjoy what life is. And for me, that was, like I say, that was writing. Like that was what kept me going and what kept me sane. What was that thing you said? Um, Tree change only comes in times of inspiration des- or desperation. Yeah, that's good, uh, and it makes a lot of sense too. Mm-hmm. And don't flush. And don't flush. <laughs> I mean, until afterwards, until the portal's closed. I mean, yes. portal and the other thing is closed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But yeah, it was. Um, I, I think just you know, my my last bit on this, like, it's all a journey. And 
we always glorify what's to come and forget the reality of you. It's still you. <laughs> like, I think we look to two, three years ahead and see ourselves in whatever situation, whether that's like, you know, with loads of money or, or cars or whatever it is. Um, not that that's really me, but then you also forget that that, that person is still you. So it's still going to come with all the baggage that you have. So learn to love you first and then the rest becomes easier. Yeah. Also time we talk about like there's been a five year break in this podcast. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Um, time goes very, very quick, like surprisingly quick. I've aged. So when I think my voice has <laughs> changed, when I listen back, I think that isn't how I used to sound. Is it? You reckon? I feel, <laughs> I just feel like I feel, I sound more tired. <laughs> <laughs> more haggard. More haggard. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's, it's difficult to listen to myself back now on those earlier episodes. You said you were listening to earlier episodes of the Story Studio. Do you not oh, feel I love similar? it. I speak so fast. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know what it is. I speak really fast. Um, I have a crappy microphone. The signal shit. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no there's no good that could be salvaged from that. Yeah. Um, well, I do want to keep these kind of interviews fairly short. Um, so, and I think that's a, a great little note to end on. But I mean, you have got a new book out, so we should probably touch on that. <laughs> the self-publishing blueprint printed yes. on, on white paper, it says here, but that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, it's um, my, my brand new book just for people who are looking at the self-publishing process um, because I've gotten into coaching other authors and you know I've run groups to, to help authors write the books they want to write. And I was just getting asked a lot of the same questions of, you know, how do you publish? How do you sort out covers, formatting, editing, all that kind of stuff. So I wrote a book that answers all those questions. And like I say, it's a blueprint. So it takes you through all of the basics of taking your idea, whatever that may be, all the way through to publication and marketing. And yeah, it's up for um, sale on pretty much every platform, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google, Kobo, all of those. Um, yeah, grab a copy. Lovely stuff. I will link to it all in the show notes. Um, and then that's, that's, I'm going to, um, hit the stop recording button. Oh, it's the ejector seat button. Oh, no. oh. All right, man, I'm going to stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> that was the delightful Daniel Wilcox. Go check out more of his work at www.danielwilcox.com. Uh, I'll link to his website in the show notes. My question to the massive this week is, if you could speak to your younger self through a magical toilet portal, what would you tell yourself? Join Join us next week where uh, I'll let you know how I got on with the challenge and I'll be making more awkward noises. So, until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.